Hello everybody and welcome back to the Figure Forecast. I'm your host Damien and I'm joined by once again by my good friend Sam. Today we do a little bit of a different style of episode as we're going to take a deep dive into the career of CM Punk. The trials and tribulations of Philip Brooks. Here we are. Yeah. We're here and we're going to do it. He's had a, an interesting career. Obviously at the minute there's a, a lot of news and a lot of speculation about him. Um, we'll we'll get to that towards the end, but there's always some drama somewhere when Sam Punk is near. Yeah. Whether it's storyline or behind the scenes, there's always something. I think we can agree, though. Wrestling is better with Sam Punk in it. I, I think that's fairly clear in my head. Yeah, I think some of the times I've enjoyed wrestling the most um, was with Sam Punk involved. Both good and bad, it makes it... It makes it entertaining. You 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 get invested whenever he's there. He knows how to draw people in. With he's a draw. You look at the numbers uh, that AEW brought in when he came in compared to where he's gone. There's a, a stark difference there. So let's jump right into CM Punk then, shall we? Yeah. Oh, uh, actually doing a little bit of research this time. It's a little unusual for us. We normally just go off off our uh, our knowledge on the go, but. I thought for doing this, most of my CM Punk knowledge is around a very specific era. Yeah, so look we got our honor CM Punk here. Twenty-four years of wrestling. Twenty-four years. Debuted in '99 in like the dedicated sense, or at least according to Wikipedia. The you kind of forget he's like mid to late forties now, right? He must be like 45, 46. So uh, he'll be forty-five this year. Forty-five. Man. So yeah, he's been, been been wrestling since he was like 19, 18, 19 then. It's pretty cool. I started in IWA Mid-South in 99. Where's that? Uh? Mid-South America. Yeah, okay. Mid-South. Yeah, Sounds yeah. very rednecky. Well, I feel like it's, you know, when you look into like the football leagues and as soon as you drop below like the main divisions, they all start getting like weird like, area names. I was going to say, because he's from Chicago, right? Obviously, yeah. Like it's Fam- a big famously, famous, famously, yeah. So I'm pretty sure Chicago is north of America, right? Because it's so cold. And it's mid south, it sounds like hillbilly, redneck, yeehaw. People, yeah. anyway. Yeah. So, so it, it, wait, just let's just insult our American uh, audience. Uh, I'm sure they're used to it. Don't worry. Oh, is. Pretty standard kind of uh, career opening, working for a, a small company, wrestling. Uh, there's not too many names that kind of jumped out, although Ace Steel is mentioned a lot in his Wikipedia page here. This is obviously where they met. Mm. Um, would, t- would tie back in 24 years later. Got quite the history then. Uh, but one of the big early moments in his career is he does wrestle against people like AJ Styles and Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero? Wow. Yeah. Okay. And cool. has a feud with Chris Hero, who obviously went into WWE. Uh, was it Cassius Ono? Cassius Ono. Is that yeah, Chris Hero? Yeah, yeah, that's him. That's him. Uh, which leads to our first little uh, controversy behind Simpunk. Uh, he goes in protest in 2004, 2003, 2004, refuses to wrestle for the company, uh, citing mistreatment of Chris Hero by someone in the company and refuses to wrestle for them. Okay. Which, defending a friend... Honourable. Honourable, yeah. It's 
you're very much seeing, setting in the standards of CM Punk being someone that uh, had had morals, had something he was focused on and kind of stuck with it. And I think that's the thing you can see at every point. Like he's always stuck to... Strong thing. He, himself. Yeah. Um, Ring of Honor is then where we go to, which is obviously where most people know CM Punk. Yeah, where he started to get a bit Korea. of hope yeah. following, his, his name started to get out there a bit more, because Ring of Honor obviously is a bigger platform than indie, smaller indie shows Yeah, like we're talking about. Most most wrestling fans are going to have heard of Ring of Honor. Yeah. Probably not going to have heard of uh, IWA Mid-South, unless, of course, you were in that area. The Mid-South, of course. Yeah. Um, big, big part of some of the early Ring of Honor stuff. Feuding uh, with Raven, Colt Cabana, obviously had a... A story to pass. story to Colt Cabana. Yeah. Uh, and with Samoa Joe. So which is obviously another big, big name that everyone knows. Uh, yeah. Starting off the very first Summer of Punk, uh, where he was the Ring of Honor champion and threatening to run away with the title to WWE. It was after he'd signed the contract with WWE. And uh, I believe they had a little bit of cross-promotion because Mick Foley goes to Ring of Honor during that time, basically trying to convince Punk to defend his title in Ring of Honor and be honourable. Okay. Which, 2004-2005, Mick Foley is still with WWE at that point, I think. And he's got one of those careers where he comes back for a bit and then disappears. But I I think it fits. I think that's... They're getting him in because yeah. he's a WWE legend, obviously. There's a definite like affiliation there with, with WWE, obviously. Starting to see a bit of a theme just in these first two big sort of moments yeah. in CM Punk's life. Like, story and reality, uh, they kind of go hand in hand. Like, the best WWE characters are when you turn someone's personality up to 11. So, seeing it both on screen and off screen, I think, kind of sets the time and obviously when he goes to WWE we start to to learn and we we see this person that we see because with like the straight edge stuff and everything yeah. like he he kind of built that character tweaks it over the, over the years but it is it, for what uh, we can see from very early on it is the punks that everyone became fond of and yeah. fell in love with as a wrestler and at this stage in Ring of Honor it's likely it was like one of the like premier names in independent wrestling yeah it's probably one of the most well known up there with Samoa Joe people like that it's a, a time when I wasn't really not very knowledgeable on wrestling I'm about 11 12 this time yeah. and you're obviously the same age I'm not really paying attention no. I don't really know anything I remember watching TNA back then there used to be a channel on Sky called the Fight Channel I think it was, and it was like on the sports section of Sky, and you'd scroll down, and it was there. But you saw TNA on it, and I used to absolutely love TNA. And it had um, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, um, I think Bobby Roode was a little bit later, but people like that, Jeff Jarrett, obviously. Yeah. Well, I, there is a, a bit in his uh, yeah. history of working briefly with TNA. It seems like they had uh, during the early days had quite a collaborative uh, relationship. Yeah. With Ring of Honor. And that was sort of like a whole other world of wrestling that yeah. I got into because of watching that, and it was just something completely different to WWE. I did watch it for a little bit because it was on free TV. Yeah. Where Sky was obviously a premium paid-for channel. For, it was on like a free view or something. So I did watch it a little bit, but at that at that age, uh, the glitz and glamour of WWE was a big drawing point 
to it. It looked so it's much the production value, yeah. wasn't it? But TNA was just something unique, wasn't it? Because at one point they had the eight-sided rig yeah, and things like that, and it was just something completely different, different match types. But that's how I got to know a lot of these independent wrestlers when I was younger. I didn't realise, looking into it, that uh, CM Punk actually went to... Uh, I can't think what developmental for WWE as well. Okay, like he did go down to OVW, which was the one at the, at the time, and wrestled for them for a while. Which it it seems weird because all of my knowledge of CM Punk on main, well, I say main roster WWE, there was only a main roster at that point. But all the things I can think of, it seemed like he was involved pretty much just straight away. Like, and if he went from like a high point. Not big story on Ring of Honor. I would have thought he would have been straight into that. I seem to remember hearing stories about Paul Heyman being very influential in getting him up to ECW. Yeah, that's obviously where he first debuted. Yeah. There is one name that jumped out of me on uh, his OBW run. And I want to mention it because it's sound it's a it's a it's a funny name I don't think you would you know be able to guess. But he wrestled in a tag match, uh, he teams up with someone, Seth Skyfire, who doesn't have a link on Wikipedia, so I don't know who's Skyfire, uh, and defeated a tag team that featured a wrestler called the Neighbor Hoodie. Neighbor Hoodie. I want to know if you if, see if you can guess who it is. My mind's instantly gone to crime time. So like JTG. You have got it spot on. Seriously. <laughs> the tag team, the, the full tag team link is Shad Gaspard and the Neighbourhoodie. No way. So JTG was the Neighbourhoodie in OVW. Which, well, I must have heard that on a podcast or something. It's stuck in the back of my head. It's such an amazing but also terrible name. It's just very him because I remember him saying that JTG stands for, it, stu- it stood for just too good. But he was too scared to say that to people like The Undertaker and, and these big names in the locker room. So he changed it to just two gangster. So there you go. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm quite impressed I got that first time. Uh, the other one that's on here is another tag team. Uh, and the full names for Juice and Domino, if you remember them. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, I remember them. And Cherry. From the other side of the tracks. Um, in OBW, they were known as Deuce, Juice Shade and Domino Cliff Compton. You can see why that was dropped. Yeah, Domino was the was his nickname. His real his name was supposed to be Cliff Compton. And uh, we still some of the names people get in NXT are bad, like old developmental. Compton. It sounds like just, uh, a just recently retired man that's like the bowls or something. Cliff Compton. Yeah. Anyway, so we've got CM Punk got up to WWE now. Yeah. Right? We get to two thousand and five to two thousand six. Sam Punk goes goes over to the WWE CW brand um, as part of that that new new brew new breed. I think is the the team that eventually gets formed. But the Brit is one of the people brought in, and uh, this was this was the sort of time that we're going to start becoming aware. Mm-hmm. There's always there's some neg there's some big negatives in that ECW brand. None of them are Sam Punk's fault. He's just kind of caught in that. Kind of terrible right you know, people coming up there became quite prominent on the main roster though you had like yeah. kofi kingston i remember him starting and obviously it was jamaican accent but he had like a really long unbeaten run i remember jack swagger being on there um evan Bourne was on there they had obviously the older 
ECW Sandman, people like that. But I, I, yeah, this is when I first sort of started hearing about CM Punk and really started watching him and, and liked it. I remember having my little CM Punk figure with his long hair and his, what are they called? Bandages on his hands? That wrist, wrist tape? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember having that. Yeah, so this is where I first started hearing about him properly. I saw, uh, this was a time when I was only really watching Smackdown on a Friday. No, didn't really watch Raw because you could watch the, I wouldn't say Backlash, it's not a, um, they had the the, 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 the highlight show. Uh, it had Todd, I was sure it was Todd Grisham that hosted it. Yeah, so we could watch, I could watch that and I could watch Smackdown. I didn't really watch a lot of ECW, but I did catch some of the big stories from things like WWE annuals and mm. the games and pay, some of the pay-per-views. He's in the infamous Extreme Elimination Chamber. He is. I think he gets lucky because he's eliminated first, which is a bad decision, but I think it saves any of the blame on him for this match. You kind of forget that he's in it. Yeah. I've watched that and I completely blanked that Sam Punk was in it when I was reading up on this. Um, it's a terrible match. It's... it's is pro- it's I think it's the the worst selling pay per view WWE has ever put out, and it's for good reason. And there's not a single match on the card that I can I can even think of other than the Elimination Chamber, which kind of tells you a lot. And that was probably the worst Elimination Chamber other than the one that went wrong. <laughs> and this one didn't go wrong, which in its weird way makes it worse. Yeah, it was intended to be like that. Yeah. Uh, he did get a run with the ECW World Title. He did. I remember that. Uh, he did he get? I think he gets involved in the old guard, new blood, new breed, whatever the teams were called. So I think he switches side. He switches from new to old in that, and ends up being on the winning side at the end, and then moves into the title picture, which has an unfortunate asterisk in that title picture because there is the no-show title match against uh, Chris Benoit. Why did I forget? I keep saying name oh, redacted. Yeah, I was, I was I sure if they're going to do name redacted. Keep forgetting. No, um, really awkward match. So he has a, has a match against John Morrison, which ends up being really awkward in hindsight because all the fans are chatting that like, they want Benoit. And um, yeah, that's a really bad time. Yes. Let's settle out a bit uh, Thankfully, it doesn't seem to have any like issues because they, they just keep the story going. John Morrison and CM Punk. I think it's Johnny Nitro at the time. Johnny Nitro, yeah. Eminem. And then they are quickly kind of after that get him over to the main. To, I say to the main roster. It it did. It never said it back then, but it, it's definitely Raw and SmackDown was main. ECW was kind of like a secondary trying new things or trying old things yeah and failing it would soon dissolve uh, and become NXT but not the form I was about to say the form that we love now perhaps not now but <laughs> before but this is where it'd go on to win the money in the banks right yeah back to back, back to money back, in money the banks bank. 08 and 09 still the only person to do that 
think so. Possibly, yeah. yeah I can't possibly. think of anyone else on the top of my head. Could be missing someone glaringly. Obviously. It was the first two-time winner and the only two-time winner for quite a while until his, uh, he left and WWE tried to erase some of his mm. uh, accolades. Uh, but I think a big part of getting the money in the bank early success, obviously Edge was uh, obviously the first, but I think CM Punk really helped establish it. It's a vital confidence, isn't it? Especially yeah. at that time, where you did have the success stories like Edge and, and people like yeah. that. Yeah, um, Rob Van Damme, yeah. they had it. Yeah. And they had a 100% cash in record, like you yeah. was eventually getting a world title. And to win it twice, back to back. Like. Yeah. And unfortunately, the first world title, I think it's the first world title, run, does end a bit of a weird way. Uh, he is punted by... Randy Orton backstage attacked by Legacy and just kind of written out of his ma- own match mm-hmm. and then for some reason WWE just have the match without him and he loses lost the title. title without even uh, defending it which I don't know if I, I, tried, I tried to look it up if there was anything like backstage like heat on him or anything and there's just you imagine it's just Vince going cold on him yeah and changing his mind on the flip of a coin like he, he's known to which is a shame to be honest You've got to feel is the start of his him falling out of love with WWE. Yeah. Like, one of the things he talks about as uh, one of the reasons he left is that he never got to headline WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Perhaps he wasn't going to do that as world, heavy, as world heavyweight champion because WWE Championship normally was the headliner, but stop-start booking isn't going to help matters and it's probably just those first steps of the disgruntled yeah. punk. Well, it's like writing on the wall moment almost, isn't it? Yeah. When you're given the world title and then you're not backed and you don't even get to defend it and you lose it. <laughs> it's not a great vote of confidence, really. No. But uh, post that all happening, is that where we get the um, Straight Edge Society yes. with the... Luke Gallows and Serena? Yes, and this is the first big story I remember. Yeah. Um... Him and the Mysterios. Yeah. Those and the Mysterios. I remember some of those promos against uh, Aaliyah and... Um, is it Angie? Ray Mysterio's wife? I think she's called Angie. Ooh. And obviously Dog. Obviously the Straight Edge lifestyle and it's come up numerous stories with Sam Punk. Uh, yeah. Something that he does live. And it inspired you to live a Straight Edge life. Yeah, I don't think I could count as living a Straight Edge life. Um, we go out drinking quite a lot. <laughs> Alcohol free. Of course, kids. Um, you threw you me off me. Uh, we kind of thought that he's he's lived it. They've touched on real uh, personal reasons for it in the past. Yeah. Um, but the Australian society put I think puts him on, on the path to his his true high point in WWE comes a, a bit later. But I think this is kind of. The storyline that kind of kickstart that that road to that point, um, obviously, really big matches with um, Rey Mysterio and with Big Show. Yeah, I remember the Big Show stuff. Getting his head shaved, and then mm-hmm. you got masked CM Punk. Yeah, it's kind of an iconic period for CM Punk in WWE before he exploded into. Yeah, because when he comes back with the short hair, that's when you. You get that, yeah, that huge kind of deal with CM Punk with him being on commentary and then being 
the leader of the new Nexus. Yes, that's right, yeah. It's kind of a bit of a low point for me, that. I, I like the commentary CM Punk. But it's, it's kind of... Yes. It's the stepping stones, isn't it? Because then he gets into the feud with Paul Heyman and Lesnar. Yeah, that's right. Uh, before we get to the pipe bomb. The pipe bomb. The, still to this day, got to be the biggest CM Punk wrestling moment. Like, some of his AEW stuff and his return have been pretty good, but I think the return is only really big because he's already reached those heights. Before. Yeah, I agree with that. It's, it's got to be one of the most iconic, if not the most iconic, promo in wrestling history. Yeah. It it holds up to t- today, for one, but it's one that everyone remembers. Anyone that lived that time. John Cena laying awkwardly in the ring for ages while he yeah. d- delivers this monologue. Just going in on WWE, going in on Vince McMahon. But that, that's still part of the uh, New Nexus story. It is. It is. They kind of quickly end the New Nexus stuff. Yes. You could tell that there was truth behind his words, though. Yeah. Or at least what he believed as truth behind his yeah. his words. And like you say, that sort of kick-started him into a main event star. Um, and he'd go on to win the WWE Championship. Yeah. It, and have... One of... WWE's best WWE matches. Yeah. Right? They've had better wrestling matches, but this is a WWE overbooked. Yeah. Right. Loads of stuff going on. There's some nonsense in it, but it is the best version I think we've ever got of that. Yes. So, Money in the Bank, CM Punk would defeat John Cena. Yeah. Um, and effectively run away with the WWE Championship, and you get that iconic image. Of him sitting on the guardrail, blowing a kiss at yeah. Vince McMahon, I, and going into the Chicago crowd. What I, I like about it is they obviously they because he's definitely the babyface in this. Like, is it's a Chicago crowd? He's always going to get the cheers, but especially over John Cena. That's a time when John Cena's getting a lot of booze from yeah. anyone over the age of eighteen. Um, and they know that Cena's going to come out, be coming out of this as the heel, and they. They do just enough to save Cena by having him just tell Vince, no, I'm not cheating to win. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to do it. And then just immediately get in. Yeah. <laughs> get in just, yeah. Like, they give, they, they give Cena that moment of being honourable. Like, no, I'm not screwing him over. Mm-hmm. I can do it without it. And then you get Del Rio getting called down to do his cash in yeah. the money in the bank and that failing. Yeah, it's just perfect, and like we say, one of those iconic moments. Is, is that, that would it be one that we would have watched? Um, I think live. we probably did watch it live, yeah. And that that led to the at the time the longest reigning WWE champion of the modern era, yeah. 434 days. The the second summer of punk, yeah. Which we, it, it started off so promising, and then Triple H got his grubby mitts on it, and you get Kevin Nash coming back and. It all feeling a little bit deflated. Yeah. It could have lived up to so much more than it was. If uh, him losing the World Heavyweight title without being in a match was the the, the first note in the end of CR Punk's WWE career, this is definitely the turning point. Um, you've got a red-hot babyface, probably the most oversized WWE have had since like since 2005 Cena and probably 
above that, almost uh, stone cold rock levels. stone cold levels. Um, iconic steam music, and they throw it away for what ends up being a Triple H Kevin Nash feud. It's not even a Triple H CM Punk feud. It's a Triple H Kevin Nash feud, and this was definitely the era of WWE dropping the ball. It's because he wasn't their guy. He wasn't their guy. He wasn't their guy. It was peer well, fan pressure, wasn't it, essentially, that yeah. put him on top there. Um, but he'd eventually lose that championship to The Rock. And at, at the Royal Rumble, I believe that was, he'd lose it to The Rock and the championship could get turned into The Rock's Bull Championship. And this is where the next big stickling point was because it went into The Rock against John Cena for the world title at WrestleMania and he argued that match would be bigger if he was involved as a triple threat. Which it, it would have because they did the match the year before once in a lifetime and yeah. they did it twice in a lifetime for the title in a match that you knew Cena was winning. Mm-hmm. Like you knew Cena was beating The Rock because The Rock's not sticking around so he's obviously dropping the title and adding CM Punk into it would have given you so many more you could have had the same result where Cena pins the rock and gets win but just adding Punk into it gives would have given it that you just didn't need sense of unknown you didn't even need the title on the rock for that match no like, it, it wouldn't change anything would it right. you didn't even need him to fight CM Punk I just remember being so disappointed at the time that the rock won yeah because I loved CM Punk back then I really loved him I loved the rock and for me to be disappointed with The Rock winning the world title... It's just, not, it's just the wrong wrong time. It, it's it's like Batista returning to, uh, to win the Royal Rumble over Daniel Bryan. WrestleMans loved Batista. It just wasn't the right time for him. Lutista. Yeah, Lutista. I guess the next big thing after this all happened was he went into the feud of The Undertaker for the WrestleMania yeah. match, uh, which was... My favourite ever Undertaker match. Really? You, you know I'm not an Undertaker fan. Like, obviously he had good matches with Sean and Triple H back in the day. But it, it was more the feud leading into WrestleMania. Because I think it wasn't long after Paul Bearer had passed away. So they did tie that in a little bit, don't they? They were really pushing the line on what was sort of acceptable and not. And... I just remember being as invested as I've ever been in an Undertaker match and the match itself being really good. I'm sure I heard somewhere that Undertaker was either pushing or contemplating like with Vince Punk should go over him and break the streak. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure that was something that I've heard before. And uh, I think it would have been different. We, we, we would have had more... We, wouldn't, we had a... Uh, Perhaps if that had happened, we would have had Punk in WWE for longer. Potentially. Like a, a big win like that, that... I mean, I mean, I, I don't know, I'm not a wrestler, but especially and especially not a WWE wrestler, but would, is beating the streak a bigger moment than main eventing? Is main event the thing you've dreamed well, I can't of? remember what the main event was that year, but... Um, I remember people saying it should have, should have been the main event and there was an argument for it to be the main event. Um, in terms of match quality, it was better than the main event from what I remember. But I can't remember myself. It was uh, Cena Rock. It was Cena yeah, Rock. Yeah, WrestleMania 29, it's Cena Rock. Okay. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue for that not to be a main event, right? Yeah, that's that's the, what they've that's been the building the whole story. year. Yeah, but WWE loves their co-main events. No, they difficult. They triple main events. Yeah, someone needs to tell them that's not how it works. But I think I think I've said that multiple times in this podcast. That's not how it works. The point of a main event is that it's one event that is headlining. But look, you do you WWE. Uh, I think I got my my timeline a little bit muddled up because I think because just double checking this is when he goes into the feud with Brock Lesnar uh, after that uh, I was wondering because it was 2013 I'm pretty sure yeah because I have a signed picture if you remember seeing it with like the bit of the ring and stuff by Punk Lesnar and and, Bro- and um, Heyman but yeah this leads into his last year into w- in WWE. Um, where it all sort of ends yeah. acrimoniously at the Royal Rumble. Sort of as an image of him leaving WWE is chokeslammed from the Rumble by Kane through a table and never seen again on WWE. Yeah, because he, he starts getting involved, well, back involved in the authority story because he was involved at the, the Stucks when he has the title. Mm. Um, you, you start having matches where he's here he's cheating to win you get the introduction of the shield to come out and help him yeah uh his match with the rock if the shield get involved he'll be stripped of the title like the the shield are very much mm. associated associated with punk even though they kind of have to drop that was pretty pretty quick um they were like a gang to hire from yeah what i remember punk they were punk was paying them for help then you kind of get back into that story um when the shield had become <clears throat> the authorities hiring them out um he had a match against them it's one of the last big matches he has at tlc in a three-on-one handicap match mm-hmm. against the shield um he wins so big win over them gets the royal rumble and uh he's had enough things have got got too far he, I think he's booked to have a WrestleMania match against Triple H, oh. and he's like, I don't care about that. Well, the, the fans don't care about that. Um, you almost can't. Well, I especially especially him. that version of Triple H. Yeah, you can't blame him. Like, no. he's just been the biggest star in the company. He's had the longest title reign for decades, and then he he's got a match against Triple H at Mania. Could it have been a good match? It'll be a Triple H match. It would go ten minutes too long, be slow, methodical, and boring. But those matches, when they've got a opponent who's of like that that, that talent, tend to be quite good. It would have been good because of Punk, but I've never been a Triple H guy. Um, well, I don't know. Like you could say anything, couldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those hypothetical. Brock Lesnar against Dean Ambrose could have been a good match if Brock turned up. Like you, you don't know. Who's you never know. Up. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Those kind of matches, and unfortunately, we're we're never going to find out. No. So CM Punk had a seven-year hiatus from wrestling. In that period, he was fired on his wedding day from WWE, which allegedly is just uh, a coincidence. Apparently, seems I'm, like too much. I'm calling bullshit on. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will. Like it, it could just be a complete coincidence, but nah, I'm, I'm not buying it. Yeah, he also had a stint of 
writing comic books. Yeah. And I think he started that before, well, while he was still under WWE. Possibly, yeah. And a bit of a, a bit of a dream. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'd love to do that. It would be terrible. No one should hire me to write comic books, but I would love to try. Uh, and in the mid 2010s to late 2010s, he had a stint in UFC, which um, didn't go particularly well. Less said about that, better. Technically, he doesn't have two losses. No. Technically. He has one loss and one no contest. Well, there you go. Because the other guy got disqualified for smoking marijuana. There you go. I'd take that as a win for Punk. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather I'd rather not lose on a technicality than win on a technicality. Like, I, did, I didn't lose. He cheated. Like, exactly. Save the smidging of, of face. Yeah. And for a very brief period before COVID happened, he appeared on WWE Backstage, which was a very strange time. Didn't last very long. That moment they played his entrance music on backstage was... It was like, so weird. because So surreal. It wasn't a WWE show. It was a Fox show. Yeah. So that, Fox was the, that was the loophole as to why he got on there. Just imagine Vince's face. Like, Obviously, he would have known yeah. but when he was told that Punk was going to be on that show. <laughs> like, You can just imagine Punk's face as well. The grin that he had. It's one of those big what-ifs because... Had COVID not happened and WWE backstage had continued to be a thing, could, could Bridges have mended to a point enough to have some interaction between? Because you never say never in wrestling. Like the fact that like, Bret Hart mended Bridges, like anyone can. Oh yeah, absolutely. And he, there was a foot was in the door, so to speak. Like there was communication between them. Had COVID not happened, that could have developed. On the other hand, you could have also had a situation when CM Punk is in AEW and still employed by Fox for backstage. It would only have been once, but you would have ha- you could have had a week when that seems so much more fun to me. It's, it's either way you look at it, like we we got robbed by COVID. Yeah. So. Spoiler alert, Darwin's just mentioned it, but he eventually ends up on AEW Rampage. He he debuted on a Rampage in Chicago, the first dance. It was kind of teased for, for weeks and weeks. There was these little Easter eggs that he was going to appear. Everyone was going, is he, isn't he, is he? And he did. He opened the show, he came out, huge pup. And moment seven years in the making. Yeah, massive moment. Um... And he's back on mainstream TV on a mainstream American product, wrestling. And it was great. Yeah. It was great. He had feuds with MJF. Some really good matches, good, good primaries as well. Obviously, one of the things he was known for was yeah. his words on the on the mic. Yeah. Uh, the voice of the voiceless, obviously yeah. a pre-past nickname. He was given pretty much creative freedom in terms of his feuds and matches. He had uh, a dog collar match with uh, MJF, which was crazy and a lot of what he was doing was reflecting his time in Ring of Honor yeah. in terms of the matches that he did in the stories so it's pretty cool nostalgic he was working great and he, he sort of developed the grizzled old man CM Punk character which was something fresh and new and exciting yeah until it all imploded yeah as has been evident throughout whether it's on screen or off screen controversy has never been too far from CM Punk 
Uh, and unfortunately, this time it was both. <laughs> yeah. Um, as AW did AW were they, was it started the press conference thing? Because I know WWE do them as well now. I feel like it's just a general transition. I'm not sure who yeah, did it first. I think WWE did them every now and then. Yeah, uh, AEW did them more frequently because they want to go down the more sports line. Yeah, and entertainment. As the world of wrestling has kind of transitioned to 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 that, these press conferences kind of have a weird vibe halfway between real life and wrestling life where things are a little bit more real than they are in a promo. Mm-hmm. You can say uh, a bit more truth in there. And unfortunately, that is a catalyst for chaos because it leads to CM Punk getting a bit real in the all-out uh, press conference, criticising the EBPs. Muffins in the hand. Yeah. Bizarre. Food always always weird at that. Yeah. Um, those things. Did you see Kevin Owens eating like about five Snickers bars? Yeah. The WWE one. Um, but yeah, he, he criticises the EVPs. With Hangman Page. If you don't know, is uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks in AW. Was C- oh, well, CM Punk. Was uh, Cody Rhodes in the past as well, but obviously he stepped down at that point. As if he still was an EVP. <laughs> that would well, be so weird, wouldn't it? That would be a story. Um... It obviously riles up uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks because shortly after this press conference, which is already drawing a, a lot of uh, comments online, already got people talking, news starts to break of a legit brawl backstage. Uh, whoever came up with it first, dubbing it brawl out is a, is a brilliant move i'm sure many people came up with it simultaneously but whoever got that first one out fair play well done on that one is it a a dog gets kicked and chair gets thrown people get bitten bitten. it's infamous now you've you've surely heard of it and it seems like the fairy tale return to wrestling saying Punk is all over because he's, he's injured at this point as well. He goes away. There's suspensions for the elite. And basically anyone that was involved is removed from TV for... I think, I think the elite were gone for two months. They were, yeah. Uh, relinquishing their titles as well that they just won. And we thought that, that was it. Yeah, there's been rumours. It's been about six, seven months now, I think. Or maybe eight months. Things started to gained traction again recently when he made appearances uh well not me he made appearances backstage at both raw and tna just turning up which sent twitter into a frenzy of oh cm punk's going back to wwe i work about this free oh cm punk's going to tna like i mean maybe maybe there was some uh putting some feelers out but then the news starts to pick up pick up steam of the second or third uh, AW show. Yeah. Well, it'll be the second now because Rampage yeah. is going. AW Collision. 
Yeah, it's Saturday it, night. It's been mentioned as being a home for CM Punk away from the Elite, which is definitely the wrong reason to to make it. And I really hope that it was already in plan before this, and you just. I'm pretty sure it was, and it, it it's just like making the best of a bad yeah. scenario in, in a sense, because they've got such a bloated roster. Saturday show is a weird, weird choice. It is, uh, but you put CM Punk on there, I bet it draws. Yeah. Well, the problem was always said in the day that SmackDown on a Friday was iffy because people go out on a Friday. And they kind of... All numbers that, on that are fine, aren't they? Yeah, they, that that was proved wrong. Saturday seems like a weird one because I feel like you're more likely to be busy on a Saturday, especially when it's on a reasonable time in the in the US compared to here. Um, and also, it is going to be directly competing with pay per views in mm-hmm. pay per view week, which could be a good thing, could be a terrible thing, if. You get to a pay-per-view and collision seems like a huge drop in numbers. That's going to be a problem. If it goes up for some reason, then that would be some of the best news AW could uh, could have. Yeah. Well, time will tell on that one. Yeah. I mean, time's going to tell. At the minute, it looks positive, but time's going to even tell if CM Punk even attends. It'll be just there. just as everything looks fixed and ready ready to continue reports start coming out that, oh maybe CM Punk isn't coming back maybe he's not happy about various things and Adu postponed the announcement that it is the debut episode is going to be in Chicago which almost guarantees that Punk is yeah is showing up because if he He'll doesn't be that crowd is going to rip that show apart exactly <laughs> exactly that yeah and although I don't watch a lot of AW, I honestly do want them to succeed I have no ill will against AEW like I am a WWE fan but I do want AEW to succeed it makes it all better it does it elevates your your level when you've got a competitor out there the phrase a high tide rises all ships or some bullshit like that Um, if one promotion is doing well it doesn't ne- it doesn't necessarily drag. It's not going to drag another one down. Like wrestling as a whole is booming at the minute. We've talked about it in the past with um, both brands, both brands, both companies selling out shows, house shows going up, audiences on American TV not exactly rising, but at the same time, the way people consume media is changing. So, not the biggest yeah. deal. Wrestling is in a good space, and Punk has definitely helped that. Like, sure, he pulled people into WWE during the uh, money that Money in the Bank story, where he was threatening to run away with the title. That drew people in. He's drawing people in now. It's been a controversial career in parts, um, but. Full of Sammy Highs and a, a wrestling career that many would dream of. Absolutely. Like, yeah. And he had a seven year gap and he's had a better career than most. Yeah. I just want to give an honourable mention to one moment in AEW. Yeah. That you are a resident AEW expert. Yeah. It, um, it made me laugh so much. He was doing a promo. 
and someone from the crowd shouted at him and heckled him, I guess, essentially. And it was just such a simple moment, but it just made me laugh so much. He just, he referred, he just went, Shut your mouth, fat boy! <laughs> He'll just live with me forever. And I love him, and he's the best, and I can't wait for him to come back at Collision, and I'm going to be like a little kid. Yeah. There's, there's something... Flawed genius. There's something about that opening to cult personality that it puts a smile on my face like that's a song that's just in my regular playlist yeah me too and it's a great song um and uh every time i hear that opening i'm i just i just get a little grin good times yeah well there we have it that's our trials and tribulations to see a punk we've gone a little bit longer than we thought we'd probably go on this one yeah, uh, it's, it's 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 new for us doing a little bit more of a, a deep dive to give some of our thoughts on uh, the career of CM Punk as he is in the, the news at the moment. Um, if you've enjoyed it, let us know. If uh, you've got any suggestions for other wrestlers to kind of look back over their career. I know there's a few wrestlers coming up on ret- official retirements that um, could be worth looking into. I mean, there was news today that a certain wrestler wants to come back for a retirement match. I miss that. Maybe we can talk about him. Hulk Hogan. Of course. (laughs) Oh, God. We can talk about the trials and tribulations of Hulk Hogan. Oh, we're going to need more than one episode for that one. Brother. And on that note, (laughs) that's us done. Over to Damien from the socials. Yeah, I saw that earlier, just before I left. I was like, oh god, imagine that match. That's our cliffhanger post-credits ending. Yeah, imagine that match for a start. So I just need to get some 